Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Series 2 of Not Another Sales Podcast. I'm Chris Hatfield, aka Not Another Sales Guy. I'm a sales and mindfulness coach, trainer, consultant, and speaker. I work with corporate sales teams and leaders, along with startup business owners passionate about what they do, but wanting to up their sales game. My main mission is helping us all become more mindful of how we elevate our performance, perspective, and potential. If you want to know more, then look me up on LinkedIn. Chris Hatfield, always happy to chat. So if you're new to Not Another Sales Podcast, here's what to expect. It's aimed at giving you insights into how you can be successful within the world of sales, whether that's your career or your own business. We go deeper into the thought process and mindset needed for success when selling and when running a business, not just the skills and output. So if you're looking for a podcast with a difference that starts with the mind in mind, this is for you. So enough about me, let's get started. On today's episode, I'm joined by Shay Rowbottom and Jack Gaysford. Shay is a LinkedIn influencer and digital marketing entrepreneur, and Jack is a content creator on LinkedIn and owner of V21. This episode was a lot of fun to record, so I'm sure you're going to get a lot of value and enjoyment from listening to it. What we're discussing today, first of all, is whether sharing your content gives away all your secrets. What gets in the way of people creating content from a mindset point of view as well as a literal point of view? Jack and Shay's opinion on where brands will move to with their own content in the future and how Shay and Jack create their own content. Along with this, there's also some random discussions, including farms. So sit back and enjoy. Shay and Jack, welcome. How are we doing? Good. Good. Good, dude. Yeah. Pleasure to be here. Finally. Yeah. Thank you for having us. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for joining me on an episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. And for anyone that is tuning in that probably has been under a rock or like not online for the last few years or year or two, um, might be not familiar with, with with yourselves. So it'd be great to kick things off and give them a bit of context and a and a story as such, really, of, of who's to who you are. So, Jack, let's start with you. Yeah, um, I'm Jack. Um, I run V21. Um, it's a video marketing agency. I won't bore you with all the details and, and hard sell, but um, I make a lot of content on LinkedIn. Um, I've been on the platform for maybe a year and a half, two years. I've built up a pretty big network. I'm making weekly content um, and I've, I've got a lot of knowledge to share. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be on, dude. Great. Great. And Shay? Yes. Um, so I also work in on LinkedIn, creating content on LinkedIn and teaching other business owners how to utilize video to grow their audience and get more inbound leads for their business to increase revenue on this platform. And I'm all, I've also been in video marketing for several years. I used to work on Facebook in video licensing. Uh, so I have a lot of experience here. And right now, and I'm sure you both would agree, LinkedIn is almost the most underutilized platform for business owners, specifically in B2B. Um, there's just a lot less competition. So I'm really passionate about um, teaching business owners about the opportunity they're often sleeping on on this platform and getting them that um, you know instant boost of leads and revenue right away when they start making content on LinkedIn. Mm. Mm-hmm. Great. Great. Well, really looking forward to getting your insights and some of the stories here as well. So, and it kind of leads me in actually, you mentioned there, Shay, around LinkedIn and it being quite an underutilized platform. One of the things I've, I've kind of loved looking at with the podcast recently is kind of these throwaway myths and statements and things that are kind of thrown out there by people at a certain point in time, but not really understood. And through the kind of miscommunication, just people 
interpret them in different ways. So I'd love to get your opinions, both of you, on on a couple of those. And the first one is that, you know, you might relate to this and it'd be interesting to see your own point of view. But um, the, the kind of statement is, you know, too much con- giving too much content out will give away my secrets. And there's there's some interesting thought. I saw an, a, an ad about this actually yesterday about people saying that you should stop posting content because you're going to give away all your secrets. So I'd love to get your your perspectives on that and how true that is or not true and, and why you think people should avoid sort of thinking that really. So Jack, if I can start with you, what's your what's your take on that? Yeah, dude, really, really good question. And it's absolutely grinding my gears at, at the moment. I made a video about it this morning on LinkedIn. Um and it's just amazing how many people just are, are, are concerned about sharing their their knowledge and expertise on social. It's interesting, you know. It's it's kind of the it's the mantra that you've, you've got to give and, and not expect anything in return. But that actually does more in in the long term. Um, you know, from experience, all I've been doing for the last couple of years is just teaching people how to make their own content, teaching people how to utilize LinkedIn, to utilize social, um, to make good content. I'm giving away my business. I'm giving away my knowledge. Um, but that does two things. It markets me as the expert um, and and kind of this go-to guy for this sort of information. Um, and it helps people out. You know, if I can start people on, on their journey of creating content in the future, that could lead to something that could lead to them working with us. Um, maybe they want bigger and better. Um, so I, I completely disagree um, entirely that giving away free information is, is wrong because it's not. It, it's actually... An incredible thing to do, um, and I would urge every business to do it. You know, you've you've got to think that ninety nine point nine percent of people will watch and consume, but won't actually execute that themselves. Um, they'll take that, they'll understand it, but they won't do anything with it. Um, so, yeah, you, you've you've got to give, but you, you've got to not expect anything in return. Because if you're giving away for free but expecting leads, then you're going to be massively disheartened by it. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And what about yourself, Shay? Yeah, I mean, Jack nailed it. I I knew he would I knew he would say exactly what I would say. It's like um it's how you get business. You know, it's it's really it is how you grow on social media. You do have to be selfless. I have a quote, you know, grow a following for as long as you can without asking for anything. But actually, it's also the collective consciousness and this mentality that we've kind of all been falsely taught and carried out in in societies across the world that like you um, have to have scarcity mindset. You have to, in order to profit, you have to have secrets. You have to, certain people have to be held down in order for others to rise. And I, and I actually believe that's part of this mindset that people have when they say, don't give away all of your secrets. It really just comes down to what you believe. I mean, if you believe that giving away all your secrets on social media will result in less business, you're going you're gonna to find confirmation bias in your day-to-day life, all of these things to support that. Oh, see, he, he complimented my content. What if he could have been a client though? You know, you're going to, you're going to carry that mindset forward. So it's so mental, you know, Pete, I, I just don't live in a world of scarcity. I, I don't, uh, uh, get worried about losing revenue because I'm giving too much. Just yesterday, I was on a podcast with an ex-client. Well, he's still a client and he was showing me how he taught, my video program that he bought paid for once, but he's like basically teaching everything I taught to his entire community of hundreds of people who follow him. And he was showing me the videos and this and that. And there was a little piece of my ego that was like, 
oh, like I could totally get upset about this. Like they didn't buy my program. Like he just learned it and then he took it. But it's like, no, this is the value I provide to the world. I love that I can teach one man this and he can carry that value forward and make and improve the lives of hundreds more people in his community through the lessons that I teach in video content. So um, I'm just always looking at the bright side, always having faith that the universe has my back, that I am communicating to the universe. I am a giver. I am abundant. And I think that's the missing piece too. People always want to know the technicalities. It's like, at the end of the day, what do you believe? And in the, in the collective world, a lot of people believe that in order to thrive, they have to operate from this place of scarcity mindset where certain people, you know, uh, they can't give too much. And, and that's just how we were raised. So I think shifting the collective consciousness to know that like, hey, there's enough for all of us to thrive here. And when you give, it will come back. But you have to also believe that it will come back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's, a, um, there's a really great quote um, by Pablo Picasso. And I've oh, just got it I here. love Pablo. And he says that it. the meaning of life is to find your gift and the purpose of life is to give it away. Um, love that. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Um, wow. That's powerful. Beautiful. Yeah. No, that's powerful. really, really, really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, to, to echo both your points, there, I think first of all, and your point, Shay, is that that kind of statement where people get so hung up around the content, they forget about themselves, the person behind it. And kind of forget, you know, you're undervalue yourself if you think it's all about the content you're providing. It's actually you as the person. Mm. That's what people are buying into. You know, I've been part of businesses where people have overvalued the products and undervalued the people in it. Mm. And from that, they've kind of missed the point that people aren't just buying your product or service, they're buying into you. Mm. And and to your point, Jack, as well, I think, you know, with with people thinking about giving away content is that there's tons of content online now like this is the generation in which people learn from mm-hmm. you know if you wanted to get fit you would not need a personal trainer if it was about content you could just go online Absolutely. and learn you know you look at joe wicks the body coach over here mm-hmm. he provides tons of free content mm-hmm. but it's not about that it's about having someone there who can either hold you accountable or mm-hmm. help you shape it to be your own so i think it's just people being a lot more mindful of of that is that you are the value not necessarily what you're putting out there it's good. You just highlighted something. Actually, you said that um, you know you are the value. At what point does it reach when your business is a certain size? You know, I'm talking like blue chip brands, top 100 companies in the world. Is it viable for them to give stuff away for free when that people aren't buying the people? Let's say within Tesla, they're buying the product. So I've always found it fascinating to try and figure out this line of what is acceptable. What point? Is it that you reach when you go, actually, we've built this global brand. Do we need to give or is that still viable? Is it, is it viable for Apple to start giving um, you know, free tech advice? Is it viable for um, Virgin Galactic to start um, giving educational content around how, how to build you know, a rocket? What's the, what's the point for you guys? What's the limit? That's a good question. I, I, I feel like it's like those are all such huge established brands that they don't even need to anymore. Mm -hmm. But if you trace them back to their origin, I'm sure they did. You know, I Mm -hmm. don't know what exactly they did to form and and get business in the first place and build themselves up. But I would imagine that the reason they are so established in the first place is because in the beginning, that's all they did was give, give, Mm -hmm. give or, or, and, and like giving can look like different things. Giving can look like insane customer service in the beginning when you're getting your business off the ground, like every single customer matters. It's everything. There's a brand that's um, up and coming right now. It's an e-com store for uh, e-com platform for pets, for, for pet food and all your, all your pet needs. It's called Chewy. 
And they are growing really fast because they have really good customer service. They literally, mm. their phone reps are taught that when someone calls uh, for any reason, but they just want to talk, like they want to go on a two hour rant about their little Shih Tzu and how it's the best dog in the world. And oh, I did that. Like they can't hang up the phone. Like they have to listen to people just talk about their pets and how much their pets are their lives. And, the, and, and yeah, it's like that level of customer service. Like they're just building a community where these people feel so safe and um, so supported that it, it spreads more and more. Now, if Chewy gets to the point where they're like uh, an Apple or an Amazon and they really are that big, I kind of question, it's like, do mm -hmm. they, I, I mean, it might still be the right thing to do, but it's like, do they even need that level of giving and, and support mm -hmm. and customer service anymore? But I would imagine in the beginning, that's what those companies did uh, to grow in the first place. It's like the same with, you could even look at it on a micro level with like my LinkedIn blog. Why did my LinkedIn grow so much? Because in the beginning, I personally spent six hours a day replying personally to every comment and every message and building that community. I don't have to anymore. You know, I've outsourced a lot of that. I have a team of people trained under me to help with the volume of inquiries, but I absolutely attribute my success to me personally in the beginning, mm -hmm. putting in that work and, and putting in that grind. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Jack thinks it's cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree. And I suppose as companies get bigger, they're, they're kind of, the value might not be as obvious, but it's in different ways. So even if you look at someone like Tesla, when you buy a Tesla car, what you actually get amongst all of it is all these added values and services. You can go mm. and charge your car for free at all these ports that they've set up around the country and that you're getting something, you're still getting free content. It's just in a more of a scalable way. It's a bit mm. like, you know, how Amazon's evolved now that they're creating supermarkets where you can go in, you don't even need to scan anything. You just walk out and it's, it's Crazy. automatic. It's, it is, it is. So yeah, it's a, it's a great point you mentioned there. Yeah, Jack, absolutely. On that. So, Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so with, um, with, with that then, with people sort of, what's, what's a better way for someone to look at that then with the kind of content they're putting out there rather than thinking of give away my secrets? Like if they were to flip that into more of an abundance mindset as you were talking about, Shay, what's the positive spin they can think about for that? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it comes down to really just working on yourself. I mean, like the more that you work on yourself, the more that you stop trying to control the world around you. And you could look at the whole scarcity mindset around giving away too much in your content as a form of control. They say that like enlightenment and, you know, rising up in the human scale of consciousness one of the highest levels that you can vibrate at as a human on this earth is what's called acceptance. And you can actually see this on David Hawkins' map of consciousness, like acceptance and love. They're right up there with enlightenment. So I always just, uh, th this has been a big journey for me because I used to have a lot of victim mentality. I used to struggle to take responsibility for like anything. Uh, I felt like a victim all the time. And I was very reactive because of that. You know, I, I felt like constantly helpless, out of control. When something didn't go my way, I'd react. I was angry. I was acting out all of these unresolved traumas. Now I'm to the point where I've cleared a lot of that. So when something happens, even if it's not in my favor, even if I don't like it, I can at least accept it and like operate from that level of acceptance. It's kind of like, oh, it's raining. You know, I had an amazing day planned to go to the beach with my friends. I was so looking forward to it. And it's thunderstorming. 
acceptance, you know, just, just surrender to the universe. Like, okay, this is what it is. Um, and I think once you develop that mentality, that's, it ties into the abundance because you're allowing the universe to bring you whatever it needs to bring you. But if you're closed off and trying to control things, um, you know, we're, we're like, we're an energy field. We, we radiate into the universe. That's why I always say like a sales pitch is really just a mechanism. It's how worthy <clears throat> does the sales guy feel of making that sale? Cause that energy is going to radiate. Um, so the more you work on yourself, the more you learn to love yourself, accept yourself, have acceptance for everyone around you. Stop trying to control everyone around you. The more that these beautiful things just come your way and open up. So I would say just, um, work on yourself, you know, have faith. It's not, an, it doesn't happen overnight. Um, I had a, a very long drawn out battle with a uh, scarcity mindset and with, um, yeah, being not, not believing that the universe was on my side, you know, go to bed every night. Jack used this word earlier. I think Jack used the word. Did you say mantra before mantra? Yeah. yeah. yeah like have a mantra every night where you just say the universe is conspiring in my favor. The universe is always conspiring in my favor and, you know, go to bed and wake up with that thought. And you really will start to see that in your life. Love that. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Do you have mm-hmm. another Pablo quote to go with that? I I thought you had that written down, especially. <laughs> you didn't no. know what content was going to come up, but you were dropping that quote. Didn't have a, I knew the Pablo quote <laughs> off my heart. No, it, you know, it's it's my mantra. It's it's what I stick to because um, I know from experience of doing it for so long that it works. Um, but it's I, I totally understand when you are starting out, and and you know, perhaps you're in a in a company where there's a hundred staff, and you're trying to preach to the decision maker in that company saying we've just got to give stuff away for free because we're going to get stuff in return that doesn't sound like a viable investment for for, for that decision maker they go well you know how do you track that what how, how do you measure that what's the return of investment i'm going to get in the first quarter in the first half year in the next year in the five years um and it's 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 such a hard thing to to kind of qualify as a viable investment, but you, you have to give it a go. Um, you know, Shay and I, and, and I'm sure you as well, your podcasts are great. You give stuff away, you give information away. You wouldn't be doing that if it didn't generate something for you. Um, you know, people on social, making content on Instagram, making stuff on Snapchat, on TikTok, on YouTube, on on Byte, on LinkedIn, they do it because it drives business in. Um, that's all I can say. You know, we can sit here and say that it works, but it's, it's ultimately their choice and whether they decide to, to actually act on that. Um, you know, it's, it's now to the point where I feel like there is actually a demand for this from the people who want to consume that content. I think it's something like 85% of, of, um, of customers and clients from a particular brand wants to see content by them. There is a demand, um, but it's, it's their choice to not decide to actually cater to that. Um, so I can say it's a good thing, but it's up to them whether they decide to do it. Yeah. Sorry, that was a massive rant there. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. We love it. I love it. I love it. Let it all out. It's there. Yeah. yeah. It, it actually, like, you reminded me of something I'm going through, Jack, when you said, like, you know, these business owners, they care about ROI. They care mm. about, you know, the, the analytics, the return. Yeah. Like, they're very logic-based. And that's something I'm going through with my brand transition because 
you guys know from following me, I've always been really interested in personal development and healing. Mm -hmm. And like, it's, it's a harder sell, right? It's mm -hmm. harder to like convince a CEO, oh, put your employees through this personal development program. It'll result in, in more revenue mm -hmm. as opposed to like, oh, I sell video marketing and like video. You know what I mean? We, mm -hmm. we live in such a, we've been trained to live in such like the physical material yeah, world totally that we don't like think of like spirituality or the, I'm working with a life coach right now, a client of mine who's like, it's just a harder sell to sell people mm -hmm. on like raising your vibration and becoming more spiritual and more aligned. <laughs> like, like business people are just like, what? Like I, you know, what's the bottom line? I want ROI, but it <sighs> is. And that's what I've been telling people. Like, all this work I've been doing on myself has resulted in a lot more revenue mm -hmm. and a lot more freedom, like making decisions at work to um, just free up my time. Just, just like I, I notice, I have like less limiting beliefs about making money where it's like now when I write a proposal, I write it in a way where I'm like, oh, this doesn't seem like it's going to be a lot of work for me at all. And I'm providing a ton of value to them and making money. They're going to make money from it. I'm going to make mm -hmm. money. I'm not going to break my back doing it. Like what was holding me back from writing proposals that were this like abundant in the past? And it's like, mm -hmm. it's that belief that like, I got to work hard. I got to hustle. Uh, so yeah, there's my rant. There's, there's my contribution. Nice. Nice <laughs> yes. I think a big part of it as well is intention with all of this is what's mm. your intention behind sharing what you're mm. sharing is that mm. uh, what, what do, we'll get onto this a bit later, but I suppose for me, like, you know, if you're sharing a bit of content that makes the listener or the viewer leave them in a better place, then that's what you should be doing. It shouldn't be about leaving you in a better place from watching that content. Mm. And like coming from that space of thinking, how can I, you know, I don't know if you've seen this post on YouTube about what an influencer should and shouldn't be. And, you know, it's a, it's a great video. I'll send it to you both afterwards. Okay. But they talk yeah, about I'd an influencer should should leave someone in a better place, whereas most people try and leave themselves in a better place. And so look at how true. great I am versus look how great you can be with this. Mm -hmm. This is all you need. And it's making people realize that the, the content I'm providing, like anyone could I'm I'm not special. Like you can you can you can do this. Like it's mm -hmm. not it's not the content, it's, it comes down to the application. It's all teachable what you can do. Mm -hmm. And I think people just need to kind of get their heads around that and thinking when they are presenting content i'm presenting it for the value of the audience not to make myself look good mm. and also if i'm more i'm doing that with the right intentions that will see see true from what they see like you said earlier Shay, you know if you're coming with good intentions you're bringing that energy people will see that and it gives them an idea of what it's like to work with you before they work with you. and that's the kind of energy and environment they want to be around in such a crowded and competitive marketplace now where they can see they've got so much choice more than ever. It's not just about the product or service, it's about the person behind it as well. Mm. And, and yeah, really good, um, really good point there, Chris, because um, it's, you know, you, you, these guys who are, who are in this position of trying to validate whether or not it's viable is they've got to look at how they consume as well. You know, even the most corporate CEO of a multi-billion pound company will still go to the pub they will still have a pint. They're still a normal person. They'll have kids. They'll, they'll watch football on the weekend, right? And how, how that person consumes content is usually the free stuff. It's usually the education stuff. It's not the corporate brand video that a company invested half a million pounds into. It's the guy who's having a hard time with his mental health. It's the, it's the guy who's teaching you how to design a website for free. You know, it's, it's giving away. Um, I think once you clock onto how you consume, I think you, you actually make better content. That would be my, my piece of advice. Think about how you consume content. What makes you stop on social media? Because the chances are it's going to be the same for everybody else. Mm. Yes. And 
and being the real you. Yeah. Because then you yeah. attract you attract clients where you can feel more comfortable with. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is uh that is like a hole that professionals dig themselves and they don't realize they they're like, I'm gonna build up this personal brand on LinkedIn, I'm gonna have this professional persona, this and that. And it might work, it might get them clients, but it's like, who are you really attracting? You know, I attract clients who like like me for me. You know, it's 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 amazing. Like I feel like every single person who buys from me is uh, a fan in a sense, where like I can be my true self. I'll like get on client calls and crack a joke and then question like, oh wait, I'm not being like professional here. And then I'm like, Shay, you're never professional. Like they, <laughs> they, they already know this about you. Like it's okay. And I think that's so important in teaching people like, hey, we can be our true selves way more than we've been led to believe, even at work. And in turn, our business becomes way more fun because then we really feel like it's ours. We don't have to put on this suit and tie and become like this person at work. But then I go home and I'm Jack Gaysford over here. Like, no, it's the mm-hmm. same. Like it can be the same. Um, so so that's a, a big thing I coach people on too, is like, if you have a, a, a personal issue or a personal story or something that's even maybe a little more vulnerable and raw, consider that like you could share it. And I've actually gotten a lot of leads from doing that. A lot of, uh, we always ask people on the phone, like what video of Shays did you see that encouraged you to reach out? You'd be surprised how many of them are not mm. me flexing my video marketing skills. A lot of them are like, oh, well, she was talking about mental health and this, and I'm like, Oh wow. So, um, just be honest, just be yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point you make there as well in terms of the types of content. I think that's where a lot of people get it twisted. They come out with, here's what we do and here's how we do it all the time rather than actually, yeah, but what is, what's the problem you're trying to solve? Like, mm. how are you trying to help people? What value are you actually adding rather than advertising your product or service? Cause everyone gets switched off by that. No one's yeah. got time for that. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. And, and people like they don't want to be sold to, you know, when they can feel the energy of you're just like trying to get their business. You know, it's the same thing with women it, for, for all of the uh, womanizers out there listening. Like it's true. Like you're trying to like pick up chicks. Like if you're like hardcore, like, like go out with me, go out with me. Like a lot of times a woman will be like turned off by that. She'll be like, Oh, get away. Even if like you are a good guy and you're a good match, just you having the energy of like, I want to date you. I want to date you. A lot of times women will be like, but then as soon as you stop giving her attention and kind of like, you know, do something else to just like, sh- sh- like subliminally show your value, show your, then the women make the decision on their own of like, huh, you know, like maybe I do like this guy. It's the same thing with, with sales and marketing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that content you mentioned there, Shay, and probably the same for you, Jack, obviously seen both of both of your content, which I love, which is why I asked you on in the first place. Um, I think it, why you get that kind of connection is that it, it connects to people emotionally. You know, I think we're so we we've evolved in terms of how we rationally think, but we've not really changed much from an emotional point mm. of view. Mm. And there's a saying I always love to talk about, which is that we we buy on emotion and defend it with rational thinking. Yeah, love that. that. Love that. Any any decision we make is is an emotional one. Yet when people ask us about it, we'll try and be like, "Oh, so I didn't do this. I saved this much money. I did all this." It's like just say because you loved it. Like, yeah, yeah. You think about any product you bought. It's it's going beyond the kind of likes, wants, and needs, and into more of like. The, the pain and the gain and the kind of fear that you, you kind of create and evoke, which is obviously what both of your content does really well, but with good intention at the same time, it's not just trying to evoke an emotion for the sake of evoking an emotion. Yeah, absolutely. It's evoking an emotion with a solution at the end of it as well. Yeah, totally agree. Dude, yeah, let's talk about Jack's content. Jack oh, is my favorite. God. I love it. <laughs> I'm always so impressed. Like, how did you... 
how do you come up with your ideas? Like where, where, tell me your process. Your videos are so good. I haven't got a fucking clue. Honestly, it it will be, (laughs) I will be in the shower. I will go to bed at 1am and suddenly my brain is like, this is a good idea. Um, Like it's, it's the most unplanned circumstance that I get content ideas. Most of it is, is through, um, is through, and it's going to sound so corporate understanding what what my viewers pain points are and giving them a solution like it really is i'm just giving information and i you know i think um my passion i'm very lucky my my passion is video um so i naturally want to create even if it doesn't generate me anything even if it doesn't bring me attention i just like the process of creating something fun um i've been letting my personality can go um a bit more recently with some of the content and it's done really well and i i've been really surprised um you know it, it's just just the way i edit it or the things that i do it's just you know it's that line of it it's professional but it's not the the professional that we we have always known it's it's you know it's helping people it's supporting people it's giving valuable information but it's not me sitting there in a suit and Tyler telling you how to increase your return of investment from investing in video marketing you know it's um, I, 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 I just love, I love making content and it, it, I don't care whether it, it gives me anything back. I just love the process, but that content always does the best. And I've tested it out, you know, I've made brand videos for the company. I've made more corporate content for the company. I've, I've invested in ads on LinkedIn and, and Instagram and, and, and YouTube that is literally driving people to the website. But the most clicks and the most engagement is always the content that is just fun and it's just having a laugh and it's because it's refreshing it's unsaturated people are making content especially right now everyone's at home everyone's got time they're making content on their mobile phones it's it's always sales focused you know it's always invested in because they want to generate business and again it's it's so difficult to explain that not thinking about what you get in return is actually viable um and that that's 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 all i've ever done that's all i've ever known uh, but it's trying to prove to people through authority that that's the way to do it um so yeah but it's cool to hear you're a fan of my content i like it yeah no yeah i'm I'm always curious like i love what you said about like i can create something and i i just enjoy creating it even if no one ever sees it mm. that's been like a big spiritual step for me because i too also enjoy creating but i've i've been like had this like addiction to attention mm. so much of my life like since i was a little girl wanting attention wanting attention that was uh that was my wound, right? Being like neglected as a child. So it created this like, ah, I'm going to get so much attention, but it's not healthy, right? Like you have to also just appreciate the process and not like attach your worth to how much attention you're able to get. Mm -hmm. But I'm curious for you, um, like, okay, because I like, okay, for me, like, literally since I was a little girl, like day one, if you would have known Shay, like I've always been an entertainer. I've always been a performer. I've always been on stage. I've never been scared, never had stage fright, public speaking, nailed it, love it. You are so confident on camera. How did that happen? Was that like, for me, it was just always pretty natural. And then I learned video marketing and then I fused the two, boom. But for someone like yourself, like, were you shy as a kid like did you always have that because you're so good on camera now i'm curious like how that evolved yeah there's you know there's always a story there's always a story behind content um you know i was um throughout my 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 school i was i was massively bullied by by people all the time um you know i had very long hair my last name's gaysford and i was called gay boy gaysford that's another one but that hits you as a kid 
um so people, uh, people made fun of my last name too yeah and, my, and my, maybe not as kids. much as yours but yeah i remember um yeah. but that went around every school i went to seemed to you know nothing against being gay or whatever but as a kid you, that you take that personally and you go no i'm, I'm not um so I, I found um i found that actually being online and making content with an audience that actually don't know you and, and don't take the piss out of you as, as much as your friends do or, or school do was actually really helpful for me um so you know i've been making videos since i was like 13 i've been doing it for like for 10 years um that's a long time i made weekly content on youtube for about five years and it's still up there and, and everybody can see it but I, I never got anything from it and i was experimenting i was trying things out and i feel fortunate now to have experienced that in the past to tell people that that's not what you should do you know there was never a purpose it was just for fun i was just trying to perfect my craft as a as a content creator as a you know a video producer um so yeah you know there, there is there is definitely a story and i won't dive too deep into it but um you know i i was i i found comfort in making content to an audience that didn't actually physically know me but supported me creating that content and i guess i've just had years and years of, of doing that to the point that i'm just very confident now um i can jump on camera i can film and vlog in the center of london because i just don't care um but again I not many that. people are like that you know i uh, love that i shot a uh, video by myself in the park over there last mm. night and there was like people around i was like yelling into the phone i'm just yeah. like whatever <laughs> yeah and it takes a very very type uh, a very niche type of person to be able to do that you know you're not going to have a ceo of a 100 person staff company go yeah i'm just going to vlog in the center of london mm. they would dread it um mm -hmm. But, and that it just comes with with years and years and years of practice. But again, it's you know you, you've got to qualify why that is an and in you know a viable investment. Uh, yeah. A lot of people they just won't understand that, and that's fine. They have their own way of, of doing things. Right? Have you have you ever had like someone from your past or like the kids who bullied you? Has like anyone ever reached out and said anything <laughs> about like who you are today and like the videos you make now? Yeah, definitely. I had one um, last week um, from a chap that I used to be best friends with and we fell from out. From a and... chap. Careful. A chap. <laughs> a chap. A yes. chap, yeah. Um, from a mate that I've known for, for years. Um, but we fell out a long time ago and he recently reached out and said, wow, like, I can't believe you're, you're doing your own thing. It's going really well that you're making this content and that you, you know, it's getting seen by thousands and thousands of people. I just said, yeah, I, I, I love it. Um, but it's at like that point now where it's like, just, just no fucks given. It's like, yeah, that was the past and, and, and right. so on. So, oh yeah, for um, sure. But yeah, there's a little bit inside of me that going, yeah, yeah, I, I did pretty good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, of course. Yeah. Hey people. This is split into two parts, this podcast, so be sure to come back tomorrow to check out part two, where we'll be covering even more around the importance of LinkedIn around building your brand and how you can get a better understanding of your true self through what you're doing as well. Catch you soon. Hey, people. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. If you want to find out more and connect with me, you can find me on LinkedIn under Chris Hatfield, H-A-T-F-I-E-L-D or on my website, www.notanothersalesguy.com. That's www.notanothersalesguy.com. Stay tuned in future for some courses and free content on there as well. But for now, have a good one and I'll catch you soon.